You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the Smart Wrestling Fan. Here are your hosts, Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley. High Spots and Cheap Pops. Oh man, it was seems like just yesterday we talked. The Impaler. Yeah. And once again, we want to start the show out by introducing a new character to the show. <laughs> Silicon Eve Valley. What's Silicon Eve Valley looking for? Is she on camera? Oh, you can't see her. You got to take the title belt off. There she is, everybody. There she is. She's going way up there to try to get those cheese balls. She's trying to get those... What's interesting about these cheese balls, Impaler, yes. is that they are colored as if they were Easter eggs. So probably very healthy, eating pink cheese balls. Probably a very healthy thing to do. They're not pink, Dad. Don't eat in your room because you get crumbs on your bed. Thank you. I said thank you like she didn't go in her room, but she did. She's going to make crumbs. Because she is a <laughs> fucking crumb. But anyways, let's get into it. Impaler, how are you yes, doing? Sir. How are you doing this evening? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling the WrestleMania tinglies all over the place? I'm not really feeling it for WrestleMania. At the point where I think I'm happy or content to watch two matches. Otherwise, this is going to be a little bit of a chore. And I hate to say that, but... Um, this is some of the most short-sighted booking I've seen in a while. And um, I, I, I can't believe it. Like, they're going to actually have, what, anywhere from twenty five to 40,000 people in the stadium, which is a, quite a bit. And it could be a huge deal, you know, and, and, and to, to sort of have that opportunity. And the best we're going to get is uh, – uh, no, and no disrespect because I'm going to say this with total sincerity. The best we're going to get is Edge, Roman, and what it looks like Daniel Bryan is what I'm assuming uh, for a triple threat. And then you also have Banks. And then beyond that, you're going to have a little bit of Lashley and McIntyre, which should be a decent match. I'm not going to say that's going to be Steamboat Macho, but it's going to be good. And then after that, um, I don't know, The Fiend, after a three-month hiatus, doing some sort of cinematic thing with Randy Orton, which has really, really sunk the level of creativity that I cannot believe that that many people said yes to that. Um, that's going to be bad. Um, the Strowman-Shane feud, garbage. Complete garbage. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I don't know what else to like. I mean, I mean, what else am I missing here? Um, I don't know, just mis misery and it's, it's loving company. And I guess you and I are going to be involved with the misery itself here. Oh, the, there you go. The Miz and Bad Bunny, which is now a singles match because I believe Morrison and Damian Priest are dealing with minor injuries. So we're going to go and see that um, that Broadway special there between Bad Bunny and the Miz. 
is. I mean, that's going to be one that's going to be like funk and flair back in the day. Did you say Zane and Kevin Owens? Because let's get into it. Because um, you said you assume Daniel Bryan. It was announced tonight. Yeah. Uh, it was announced tonight that, and they, and this, what's interesting, and let's talk about it. What happened was in the beginning of the night, uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan came out, made his statement saying, I should be, I should get a shot at the championship mm-hmm. at WrestleMania right after the guy wrestles that match. He never mentions a triple threat match. And, and you and I both said it's, it will probably be a triple threat match. We've been saying triple threat match the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So Daniel Bryan comes out and suggests, well, why don't I wrestle the guy right after they wrestle their match? Then that guy can wrestle me because that's what happened at Elimination Chamber. And then Adam Pierce, right. Adam Pierce said no. And then so basically Daniel Bryan made a good case for it. Edge comes out. And he's pissed off Edge. He's mad Edge. He wants to fight somebody. He's angry. And he basically says Daniel Bryan needs to fuck off and shouldn't be in this even close to this main event. He outlasted everybody, including Daniel Bryan. You got two shots at Roman. You blew them both. Fuck off. It's my title shot. I should be in this match. And so... Those are valid points. Yeah, they, they both have really good valid points. So... Instead of saying triple threat match, the idea is Daniel Bryan pitches the idea. Okay, instead of it right after him, there's two nights of WrestleMania. And so then he basically suggests exactly what New Japan did this past couple of years. They had the they had the, the champion defend the first night against one guy, and whoever won that match would face the guy the next night. Jay White was basically the third guy, which Daniel Bryan would be in this situation. Daniel Bryan suggested right. it. Daniel Bryan suggested it. Adam Pierce said, I'll let you know at the end of the night. Oh, of course you'll let us know by the end of the night. And so he was threatened by Edge. He was really threatened by Roman. And he was told to go with his conscience by Daniel Bryan. So clearly Daniel Bryan is going to be the face, especially after what happens in the last segment. Adam Pierce comes out. He says, all right. I don't know if it would be fair for Daniel Bryan to fight somebody, you know, that Dan- Roman shouldn't have to defend his ch- championship twice that, that night. So you're right there. You shouldn't defend it twice at WrestleMania Roman. So you do have a good point there too. And edge, you do deserve a shot at, at a championship match at WrestleMania. That is 100% accurate. So basically he's saying everyone has their points and then he brings up Daniel Bryan. He has his points. So, and he's teased which way he was going to go if it was going to be two times. But then he, of course, the big swerve. Then he announces it's a triple threat match. Aha! And you thought they were going to have him wrestle twice. <laughs> no, you guys are idiots. Swerve! Yeah. That's long-term storytelling that lasted an hour and 45 minutes. That's what I love about WWE. Man, they really beat around the they, they beat around the bush to get to a triple threat match. Double turn. But anyway, after that is announced, Edge goes fucking ape shit with on everybody. Uh, he beats the shit out of both of them with a couple spears and, and several and a couple chair shots on both Roman and Brian, and he walks out pissed off. So 
he and he was getting booed. So I guess people were hitting the boo buttons on their little screen. <laughs> so that's the big stuff that happened at uh, in terms of that. So rant, so just to break the assuming, no, Daniel Bryan is wrestling in a triple threat yeah, yeah. match with them. So that is official. And Daniel and also Sami Zayn went on the Kevin Owens show, the KO show, and basically said, hey, look, let's be buddies still and trying to help Ke- he and Kevin – kind of go back and forth. And then Kevin Owen just basically told him to shut up and, and challenged him to a match at WrestleMania and which he accepted begrudgingly. And then Owens gave him a stunner and walked out. And so you're are going to get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, which we also saw coming a mile away too, even though it only started two weeks ago. I'm okay with it. Uh, They're gonna I mean, fuck it throw down. Bad Bunny and whatever. Yeah, 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 definitely. And they then, are, uh, yeah. you know, strange is like, like, like. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say they're gonna have the best match of WrestleMania, and it's not. And I, I will tell you right now, that's going to be the match of both nights in terms of bell to bell and storytelling. I'm telling you that right mm. now. I will put it down because they're taking it as a challenge. They're saying, okay, they probably didn't have anything for them, both of them, a month and a half ago. What do you guys want to do? Can we fucking wrestle each other then at least? If we have nothing to fucking do, we'll work something work. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did. Right. And now they get a shot to wrestle each other at WrestleMania, which is probably a dream come true to some extent. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's, it's great because you have those two going at and then, uh, you know, I'm also interested in the whole Cesaro versus Rollins thing. Um, what I find interesting between those two matches, you don't even have a U.S. championship involved in either case, which I think would have maybe added a little bit to the mystique on this uh, either match, if you will. But, um, yeah, I mean, if we're just, uh, you know, wrestling for bragging rights, okay, cool. You know, it'll be a good good time. That's going to be another great match. And I definitely think Cesaro goes over. They're going to give him a little bit of a push here. And he might even be a guy to challenge Roman Roman shortly after. And I think you mentioned that earlier, too, as well. So uh, I don't think he'll beat Roman, but he's a good challenger for Roman at a paper. Although, if I had to go pick that match with, you know what, if, yeah, if, um, if I had to go choose the winner for uh, that triple threat match, I'm going edge. It depends on what day it's. Is it going to be day two or day one? Because day two I'm is. I'm pretty sure the, it's going to be day two. Yeah, if it's day two, then yeah, I would. You would. You would think. You would think, but I don't know though. It, that's going to be a tough one to call. I got to see a little bit more of what's <laughs> going to happen. Either way, Daniel Bryan's probably jobbing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Bet the house on that. <laughs> so. There is that. Um, what else happened on SmackDown tonight? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, they got more into it. Silicon Eve, Donnie, what's going on? Have you ever just sit in silence and come to the startling realization that, no, I don't know the Muffin Man? She's right. Does she know the Muffin Man, though? She doesn't. I don't think she does. Does she know the Muffin Man? 
I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to dig deeper on that on another episode. I knew them up, fun man. Oh, I love her. Um. So yeah. So Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is going full blown heel now. So I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they had an issue tonight as well. Again, and uh, it's pretty much Sasha was just acting, acting the heel, acting the, the fool. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big Sasha bit fan. And if it comes down, you know, she's being the same as that character she was with Bailey, but wasn't she like the biggest baby face on your show? So I don't know what they're doing here. Are they just trying to swap her out with Bianca Belair? <laughs> she was. <laughs> yeah, Bianca Belair. It's like the I don't know feel good story. I didn't watch her special on the network, and I still have to sign up for the Peacock Network. Still, I'm avoiding it like the plague as of this moment. But um, preface this by saying this is a rumor. Um, they're gonna evidently Charlotte is getting healthy. So you know what that means? Yeah, it's gonna be her in the triple threat match with her and. The Australian girl in Oscar. Nope, that's not the rumor. Well, what's the rumor? The rumor is, the rumor is she's flipping shows right before WrestleMania because of their incredible long-term booking. They're going to leave Rhea Ripley versus Oscar alone, which is telling me that Rhea Ripley is going to win that match. And what they're going to do is flip it and have. Uh, Charlotte go into a program within weeks of Bailey and Carmella is the rumor. <laughs> all right, all right. Why? Uh, Why not? All right, guys. Who doesn't have something to do yet, guys? Who's got? Who, who got? Who got? Bailey. Oh, can you come over here, Bailey? All right. Um, fuck Natalia. Good luck with that one. You know. You know. You know what they're gonna call that match? Hey, who doesn't have COVID? Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it should be a whatever jerk off. It should be a good exhibition match that we won't care about. It'll probably throw together like, oh, yeah. oh, who's the best wrestler in the world out of us three? And which, by the way, I love Carmella, but she does not belong in the same ring with those two women. Um, Carmella's actually better than I've ever thought she would be. Um, again, I watched her in it. Yeah. XT. And I was like, oh, man, she's not going to be much more than a valet, I always thought. And then she worked her ass off, and she's she's talent. She just, she's definitely a talented individual. Um, does she belong in the same ring as Bailey and Charlotte? I'd say she's probably a step below. Uh, could she be in the top five of AEW? I'd say, yeah, she probably could be. Yeah, but it's not AEW. It's supposed to, but in SmackDown, though, I don't think her star power is in the same vein as Bailey or, Bailey or Charlotte's, though, is my point. Not even just as a wrestler. I'm not even, I, when I said the same ring, it wasn't just in-ring. It was the whole package. Like, she's Oh, no, kind of, no, it's not that, yeah. You know, Bailey and Charlotte are... You know, they're at the top of the card typically if they're they're wrestling, you know. So Carmela's got her whatever, but they're they're doing they've done what they can with her. Yeah. She's already a former SmackDown champion. So, you know, I can see it. And it's kind of giving her a good little rub there, but it's not gonna make any sense and it's gonna be annoying. So 
You, why, why doesn't Bailey she have was the first in? money in a women's money in a bank match winner? Remember that? I do. I do. And then she turned that one dude into like a sub, like a Dom sub. Like she put a little, like for two weeks, he was, she was like making out with him, but like making him act like a dog. It was pretty hot. You were all into it. I was. I'm into Carmella. Carmella's very, very, very good wrestler. She is very good. I just don't know if she's like, you know, there. But yeah, she she has built a pretty good resume on SmackDown, particularly in the last couple. Yeah. I think they tried to give her the Alexa Bliss treatment, but she didn't take the ball and run with it the way Alexa did. When Alexa, they kind of gave her an opportunity out of nowhere, really, because don't forget, the month before, she was the first one eliminated in the six-pack challenge that Becky wound up winning to be the first SmackDown's champion. She was the first one eliminated, yeah. but she looked the best out of all six women. Or at least one of them. She looked great. She had one spot to shine. She had her moment. She took it, and they put the belt on her a week, a month later. And she yeah. turned, she parlayed that into becoming the only, probably the best of all the women that is not a part of the four horsewomen. I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. She's like, if, if they had a five horsewomen, she'd be number five. <laughs> and I, and we've yeah yeah I, we've talked about it man you, it's just her story you know she was only supposed to be really a valet you know what I mean and she's five foot and she first one eliminated in that six pack challenge so she was barely an afterthought on what everyone thought was going to be the much weaker women's division and they came out swinging that women's division made a lot of noise that first year I got to give them credit yeah they did. And now look at Alexa Bliss. She's flinging um, Papa Shango's slime all over the place. I love that Cornette referenced that, man, because that's the first okay, thing I It's unreal about. to me, man. And by the way, the, the, the great yeah. late Mean Gene Oakland was also hit with the Papa Shango shit. He was, cutting, he was cutting an interview, and then the shit started coming out of his hands. And he's like, oh, my God, what is happening? Oh. And it just was weird. Cause it's me. Oh, <laughs> well, he's oh. probably very nervous. <laughs> he looked like he pissed himself. I mean, they don't get the greatest health benefits either. Especially back then. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to come into work, pal. Hey, I have a broken leg if you, though. If you broke a leg, Vince. Ah, oh, it sucks. Here's a bottle of scotch. Here's a bottle of scotch and Next. some pills. Yeah, a bottle of scotch and some pills. But don't forget, I never gave you the pills. No, no, no. That's what I have my good friend, <laughs> the ultimate warrior, here for. All right, buddy? Warrior will give you steroids and painkillers, but will not go both ways. So, anyways. <laughs> Warrior love Soma. <laughs> oh man. Sorry, pal, you're gonna need to come to work. So, anyways, so Bianca Bear did Belair didn't face Natalia. And it was a pretty good match, actually. And but Banks came in afterward, hit the backstabber on her, and kind of walked out. And very happy to see Sasha Banks. 
uh, came out with open-toed shoes, and then to go in and give the backstabber, she didn't have shoes on, and then she flexed very nicely in the middle of the ring for about two minutes. Oh, my son. I didn't realize we just totally slid into the Silicon Steve Valley foot fetish hour. Oh. I'm starting to feel like Quentin. I'm starting to feel like Quentin Tarantino here with you. You watch it. You'll know what you, you foot fetish guys. You watch it. I'm somewhat kidding, but uh, yeah. let's just keep, let's just move along with that. But so they're setting it up. She did come from behind. So Sasha, who does Silicon Steve Valley believe to have the? Uh, who does Silicon Steve Valley believe to have the the, the prettiest feet in all of wrestling? <laughs> Mandy Rose. Wow. That's a hot take. Right I, guess there. It's, I guess it's creepy because I know that. But, you know. Yeah, you didn't really hesitate. And I'm I'm pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're doing your research and I'm not judging in the slightest. And now yeah. I know sort of realize that that's the gold standard there. <laughs> well, it's full disclosure Friday. Yeah, no, I mean, she had that bit when she was with Naomi, and she and I just noticed she has this really nice little, I like little feet, and she has little petite little feet. But anyways, mm. she can't get on. Who do you think has out. nicer feet? Who do you think has nicer feet? Tamina or Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler? I could see Baszler's being muscly and weird and, like, big. Now, you know what I'm going to say? I'm gonna say Nia Jax because she keeps she keeps herself really. She she takes yeah. good care of her skin. She takes really good mm-hmm. care of her her beauty aspects in terms of her makeup, her eye, you know, the whole nine. She's a model, so I would think. Yeah, she seems to give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's there, there's a couple of fucks not given from Shayna Baszler. That's for goddamn sure. Hey, what do you? Th- Never mind. I don't want to get too mean. But and and like like Tamina's and and Shanna Bas Tamina's and Shanna Basers looks like Carrie Von Erichs underneath that. Wow. <laughs> well, you know he lost it like in a motorcycle accident, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he had to wear the boots. You know what? If you saw his dark, you know, let's talk about Kerry Von Eric real quick. Did you see his his dark side of the ring? Yes. All right, we did talk about this before. So briefly, did you? I, did you? What no, I don't know if we did or not. Yeah. Oh, well. I, well, either way, if, if did you see the point when they said that when he got to WWE, he really wasn't himself. I remember he had some really good matches in WWE, and I also remember he was an Intercontinental Championship, uh, and I think he was in between Perfect's two runs, if I'm not mistaken. And I think actually wrestled Mr. Perfect at a SummerSlam. I thought Kerry Von Erich was just blown by WWE. I don't think it was really his fault, per se. I thought he still looked just as good as he did in WCCW. I don't know. You know what the deal was there? Uh, I saw something recently about him this week, actually. Um, when they said he wasn't himself, Vince brought him on into WWE, WWF back then. And they said, hey, 
Carrie Von Eric. You're no longer Carrie Von Eric. We're not going to even mention the Von Eric name. You're the Texas tornado. And that's what you are. And that's all it was. So, well, when he first came in, they literally like, you know, basically took everything that was hinged to what he huge victory over Ric Flair. And then they just made him a gimmicky, you know, good looking ripped dude who was trying to make a living and had a horrific uh, motorcycle ang- um, uh, accident and helped deal with the pain. Uh, unfortunately, he got involved in painkillers and, and drinking and, and, and literally took the guy's life. Um, he was depressed. Could never make his dad happy, which was really a shitty thing. And uh, unfortunately... You know, that was the road to nowhere for him. So world-class championship wrestling, watching that on Saturday nights on MSG Network. It was almost like a precursor to WC, I'm sorry, ECW back then for me. It was something different. And I love the Von Erichs. I love the Freebirds. I thought that was like, those feuds are great. Abdul the Butcher scared the living shit out of me. Bruiser Brody, that's where I saw him. Um, Gino Hernandez. That dark side of the ring is incredible out of his time. That and honestly, the, I think the first super kick I really was exposed to was Chris Adams. Gentleman Chris Adams. And he was yeah, and so. I think he, he was paired with another British guy. They were a tag team, if I remember correctly. And then, you, yeah, you had a lot of good tag teams back down there. I remember the missing link was there. Kamala was down there. Yes. Yep. You know, and then... Yeah. And I think the wizard was the wizard there. Or was he in AEW? Oh, I forget. Uh, he was AEW, I believe. Uh, or I'm sorry, AWA. Not AEW. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, we're like brain, we're like brainwashed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that's yeah, it's a little fucked up. I think when he first came to WWE, he was the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. And then shortly mm. after, then they just dropped the entire Kerry Von Erich. And to me, that was just one of those things, WWE. It wasn't Vince's creation, so he had to change mm-hmm. it. No, 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 no. You know, and, and, and as you said, yeah. completely discounting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, completely discounting what happened in Texas against Ric Flair in honor of his at the day of his brother's uh, you know memorial show. That was like the biggest show that I saw. Like I don't know where that ranked in terms of like time of um, WrestleMania one, two, or whatever. But like I remember seeing that on MSG, not having to pay for it, if you will, and I was like. Just the crowd went, uh, Flair just put on, you know, it knew what it all meant, and you could tell. And, um, you just, it was something that made you feel, and it was a great match. Yeah, I just, I, I still remember, like, I'll uh, occasionally have gone back to that match a few times, and I'm like, man, I, it's almost like yesterday I remember seeing this. Yeah, I actually, it was, I believe, the biggest wrestling. Uh, attendance at the time, if I remember correctly, uh, I mean, because I think it was '83, I believe, or '84. Either way, '83, '84. It's still that's a year, at least a year before the first WrestleMania. So that's real. It was such a big mm-hmm. moment, and I remember I had I, I, my my parents for Christmas. They got me a book, and the biggest, brightest picture in that book was 
Carrie Von Erich and Ric Flair, when I think uh, one of them, I think Carrie Von Erich was in the abdominal stretch from Flair or vice yeah. versa. And then they told the story of that match and they told the story of what happened. It was a great thing. So that match was legendary and it was really, I mean, geez, man, I think for me, that's probably the one match I think about more than anything pre-WrestleMania. Except for maybe Hogan and Sheik. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. That was a huge, huge moment. Let's um, joke about uh, Shayna Baszler's and Tamina's foot looking like that. It's terrible. <laughs> Awful people. To put a nice little bow on it. From Kerry Von Erich's depressing demise to Tamina and Shayna Baszler's disgusting feet. Not Sasha Banks' disgusting feet. I'll tell you that much. But anyhow. Those are nice, yeah. Did you see them? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, so we also had Big E and... I didn't see him. I'm going to definitely check him out. I got to... Okay. Well, so we're, we'll move right along. Apollo Cruz, poorly done accent. Apollo Cruz, Otis, and Chad. This fucking guy talks like a complete normal American for fucking three fucking years, and all of a sudden he comes out with a goddamn fucking accent, like he's a keem from coming to a fucking America. Looks like a big overgrown goof, and the guy can move. I like his style, but Jesus fucking Christ, you're going to tell me you got a fucking accent out of nowhere? That's more like the Russian broad losing her accent. So, yeah, he wrestled with uh, Otis and Chad Gable. Uh, you know, Chad Gable, another guy they're absolutely using brilliantly, against yep. – Biggie and the Street Profits playing the New Day. They came out goofy and silly, just like the New Day, but they were using their own shtick. It was kind of cool. It was, you saw, you did see like that kind of vibe they were going for. You know, they were kind of being goofy together. Uh, and I and uh, whatever, six decent match. Apollo Cruz and Otis and Gable won. And mm-hmm. everyone's saying, Cruz looks like he's poised to win the Intercontinental title. You know, what have you. Um, and then uh, I fast-forwarded through it. Ray Mysterio and Dolph Ziggler. I think Myster- this Mysterios win the tag titles at WrestleMania. They were kind of going there with it. In a ladder match. Oh, Jesus. That's fine, whatever. And then, <laughs> uh, then we actually, did you see? I don't know if you were able to see it, brother. Did you see the Cesaro swing in the back with with Rollins? Yeah, I saw that. It was devastating. Whoa, dude. <laughs> he went for a while. They, they, re- they, they really overplay that. And I was like, how devastating is that really? You get dizzy? <laughs> I got it. I would have thrown up. Yeah, when I stand up, when I stand up too fast, sometimes I get a little dizzy, but then I'm okay. <laughs> so the ending of SmackDown wound up being, as we said, Adam Pierce announces it, and Edge goes absolutely bonkers all over Roman and Daniel Bryan, and he was going to do a concerto on Daniel Bryan, but Daniel barely rolled out of the ring. But Edge was going to do it. So also earlier in the night, Edge was 
kind of forming a little bit of an alliance with Roman Reigns, hearkening back to look, you know, we need this is our match. You got to keep Daniel Bryan out. He he pulled his bullshit back in 2014. He can't do it again. So Edge is definitely turning heel, but 100% sooner than later. Probably what he would like to do or would rather do. Because I don't know if he, I don't know if he's going to be part time. He he did say in an earlier interview, he said that he, if he's going to have a title, he's going to be a full timer, and he's been full time really since Royal Rumble. Yeah, I think he's going to give it the uh, full time look for a little bit here. But it helped, and if that means he'll be a heel, if he was going away, I think he would probably. St- stay a baby face because then you can have him come yeah, back yeah. great again so i think edge is in it for the long haul and he's going to be turning heel and i think you're right i think it'll be maybe a complete heel turn bad wrestlemania or he does it right before there and the ultimate opportunist the rated our superstar walks out as champion i think that does make the most sense and i think you said that first few months ago actually yeah, it comes down to that whole anniversary date of him retiring is 10 years to the day. Which he mentioned tonight, specifically. Oh, forget it. He's, yeah, he's leaving as champ, you know, after you confirmed that they mentioned that it's 10 years to the day. Yeah, he said it. He just said it. He's like, it's t- actually said it to Roman. It's 10 years to the day and what have you. And he was also doing the same thing, threatening Adam Pierce. So you can see... You know, it's been kind of like jacking with a semi this heel turn, but you can see that Edge is going to be turning heel. I think he was already getting mixed booze in there tonight, so they were hitting their little button. Okay. Oh, I'm going to show him. Yeah, I'm booing right now. I would, I would love to have that. Yeah, I would love to have that button, man. And and, and do they have like yeah, this is awesome button? Because I would just hit that at the worst times over and over. <laughs> You would think it was all funneled and filtered, but you know, I don't know. You know I don't know with WWE. It's like, which which way is the chicken gonna run? I have no idea. You know. Yeah, so, this is crazy. This is really just crazy how this is all coming together at this point, and um, there's no reason. It's like they got caught off guard by the approach of WrestleMania themselves. I, it's it's really amazing. It just was not committing all year long to a lot of different things, and then when you have people like Bailey and Kevin Owens, because I know they they're getting a program now, but up until a couple of weeks ago that wasn't the case. Guys like Kevin Owens, Bailey, you know, the list goes on and on. Carmella, if you want to say her. Um, just so many people don't have anything going on that they had to throw at AJ Styles and Omos, throw them together. Yeah. New day, put them with, you know, it's just, it's just like they're, they're picking out of a hat on what they're doing with people. It's really, it's absolutely, it's absolutely. <laughs> they might be doing that. All right. Yeah. They're playing bingo. Oh, sorry, brother. Let's, so, well, I wanted to go through the entire card right now that stands at WrestleMania real quick. Okay. I know, cool. I, know we, I know we did it in a previous episode, but I just wanted to kind of be real clear because I have it in front of me. And yeah, sure. Yeah. So, we've got Kevin, Kev, as we talked about, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn and 
It's just a regular singles match. Should be a great match. Big E and Apollo Crews for the, for the Intercontinental Championship. Fiend Orton, as we said. Oscar Rhea Ripley. This is as of right now. Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and our Jesus, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, Edge, Daniel Bryan. And that is night two officially. So you are 100% there as well. Sasha Banks, this is first night. Sasha Banks and Bianca, Lashley McIntyre, Bad Bunny, Miz, New Day, and AJ and Omos, Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon, Cesaro, and Rollins. It's. Night two is definitely better. Yeah. Night one is a disaster. You got. Yeah. You got Bad Bunny and The Miz and Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon, like the two worst fucking matches. The only thing that could have made it worse is if he put The Fiend and Randy Orton on night one. Yeah, then even the rumors of Bo Dallas being this, you know, burnt to a crisp fiend and I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing beneficial coming out of this feud whatsoever, is there? Well, that makes sense, though. Something gets burned. It definitely loses its density, right? I mean, it's fucking yeah. science. Why are you arguing fucking science? So, yeah, that fucking first night. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not watching the first night. I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm saying it right now. There's not a match I'm turning into watch. There's a McIntyre and Lashley. I'll check it out at a later date. I'll check that out. And, and the one I'm interested in is Banks and Bel Air. And I actually hope they headline the night, main event the night. I, I, at this point in time, you would think they would just because I think they want to have a woman headline WrestleMania. And the build has been somewhat de- halfway decent with Banks and Bel Air, uh, opposed to everything else, which has just been thrown to fucking gather. Everything. Bobby Lashley yeah. and McIntyre wasn't a thing until Elimination Chamber. And that was only. A couple weeks ago, Bad Bunny in the Miz. That's been some long-term storytelling. Actually, it's been going on like almost a month and a half now. New Day versus AJ and Honest, nothing. Strowman McMahon, pretty much nothing. And it's stupid. Did you say that stupid? No, 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 no. I, I, no, I wouldn't say. I, Don't I, say that. I, I, I would never say it. Abort. That abort word. Stupid. No, no, no. I, 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 I sounds like stuttering, John. So we do have Cesaro, yeah. Seth Rollins, which is going to be your bell to bell big one in that night, but that's not enough for me to get me to turn on night one. WrestleMania, I will not watch you night one. I am saying it right fucking now. I'll still call it just to be true to the program, but fuck night one. Yeah. So, anyways, we had some, we had two, not just one, but two. Hall of Famers announced this week. Yeah. Earth shattering. And well-deserved Glenn Jacobs, former libertarian, now Republican mayor in Knoxville County, Georgia, or Tennessee, not Georgia, Jesus, Tennessee. And the bombshell, the bombshell of all bombshells. Not Lex Luger, not Owen Hart, not even the missing fucking link. No, no, no. The great Kali 
gets into the WWE Hall of Fame. And initially I was perplexed by it, but then I looked at his resume in like 2007, 2008. He was a pro- he was a main eventer pretty much that whole entire year, year and a half. So, uh, but actually have yeah. we actually have footage of we actually have footage of Vince McMahon and the conversation now with the great Cully. Let's go to it. Mr. McMahon, uh, as you asked, I, I went and got that phone number for you. Uh, he should be picking. He should be picking up shortly. This is really joyous moment. Hey, pal, it's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> How you doing? Punjab. What? Punjab. Okay. You know, Kena. Quite frankly, Kena. You, you really shouldn't be doing so many interviews because you, you sound like shit. So anyway, but yeah, pal, we want to get you into the Hall of Fame. How are you feeling about that? We were thinking maybe... Uh, well, you know, make make man. I'm... Make man. Punjab. Ah. Oh, fuck! Fucking die! Bon- Yeah, Meek Man. Uh, well, yeah. Um, the Hall of Fame, pal. Uh, we wanted to welcome you. Yeah, pal. We wanted to uh, welcome you to the Hall of Fame. Thank the great, co- the great Kali. The baddest son of a bitch from India. I love it. You are in the Hall of Fame, pal. All right, I'll talk to you later. Um, what is your name? Uh, my name. What is your name, Jabbit? Uh, my name is uh, is uh, who did I tell you to get? Uh, Mr. McBang, you told me to get. Kane, but I was a little distracted. I was uh, polishing your sword. Ah, well, obviously I understand that. But God damn it, did that sound like Kane to you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it didn't. It actually sounded like Great Kali. God damn it! Have the Undertaker do it instead of me. Fuck! <laughs> I can tell that you're fired. I can, I can. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, that would have been cliche, right? Yeah. He's gonna. Cool. He's polishing his sword. You can't fire the kid. It's <laughs> a good point. Just have the Undertaker do it. <laughs> the Undertaker exactly, and, and that was a great. And you know what? The Undertaker calling Kane, Undertaker calling Kane was great. <laughs> I was. It was nice seeing. I. It was nice seeing Kane as touched as he was. I don't know. I'm surprised he was that touched because it's like, was it really a doubt? That he wasn't getting in. Okay. But it's good to see it, though. I mean, it was a touching moment. I, I don't like The Undertaker. Not Oh, it was great. Yeah, pal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I'll love... tell you one thing, buddy. I'll tell you one uh, thing, brother. No. Oh, I, I love the... I love... I love um, Undertaker as a regular guy. I, I disagree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy not to hear the rest in peace and everything. I like seeing him just being a normal dude and 
honestly, I'm more of a fan of him now than just the character of Undertaker at this point. And I'll say this too. When um, Undertaker called Kane, right, um, in terms of my daughter, who's 12, that's like getting into wrestling. That was her two favorite guys. So I didn't tell her what happened. I just put it on my phone and put it in front of her. She started watching it. And she was actually like touched by the moment. She like looked at this is so sweet. Like she was like totally like she felt the humanity involved between these two big bastards that have traveled the world together, kicked ass together. And, you know, Kane finally felt legitimized, you know? Yeah, it was it was really palpable. You saw how taken back he was. And he's like, are you serious? And he just he had a, he had a moment to reflect. It was kind of cool. I think my politics got involved with me not liking either one of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Like, eh. But it was a great, it was absolutely. Yeah, was I mean, I keep politics. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, it was absolutely was a terrific moment. And uh, good for Kane and great for the great Kali. Not Lex Luger, though. <laughs> Did you know Luger wasn't in? How's Luger not in? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, one of the reasons I know that he's not in is Mick Foley did a whole write-up on him, and it was pretty interesting um, reading from Foley's perspective and about Luger's history. And again, I watched WCW, and, and you know, I wasn't really into WWE at that point when he was like the narcissist, narcissist or whatever the hell they called him. Um, but when he was in WCW and what a part of the Horsemen and feuding with feuding with the Horsemen and all, I, I was. I was I guess somewhat of a fan. And, um, and then of course, when he was in the NWO um, as well uh, during the Monday night wars, um, you know, I, I, part of me thinks that there's that negative connotation because of the way Elizabeth died while they were dating. And the thing is, if they're going to hold Lex Luger to that standard, if you know anything about my, a man's relationship with Liz, it was it was it either. So I don't understand why they're necessarily holding Luger to a certain level and a standard versus say Macho and other guys that are in um, the Hall of Fame that probably weren't the most away from the uh, away from the arena. Yeah, I mean Savage took a forever to get in there too, though, and we obviously have speculated on possible. Well, you know why? <laughs> you know what, brother? I didn't. Now that you say that, <laughs> I never heard that, but makes sense. <sighs> N word. Um, no, but uh, I mean, there's just one guy, Lex Luger. I actually didn't read that. Let's go into that with the Mick Foley re report. Give me the synopsis of what Foley said because I did see him tweet about it, and he said he put a lot of work yeah. into it. So, what was really the vibe? He of did. It? it was like. Um, it lent a led a lot of credibility to to Luger not only as a physique, but also as a worker. At some point, I think it was like Stan Hansen, that one of those types. And Oli would go and like book you against Stan Hansen. It was almost like a punishment. Like this guy was going to kick the shit out of you basically for, yeah. you know, the entire program. And uh, it got to the point where Luger and, or actually Luger, uh, Stan Hansen um, was very like respectful of 
Luger and his abilities after working with him. And um, Foley also mentioned how it got to the point where um, people would like downplay Luger's cardio. And he said that there was points when Flair was known as Mr. Cardio, of course, and how Luger was like basically going step for step with him in these matches and was able to hold off and it wasn't just a physique and fully almost like he like the reason i know of the whole narcissist character versus the narcissist like there was two different names they used um was because like fully was like showing you like hey you know and instead of just calling lex luger and you know building off what he built in wcw uh they try to change him into something totally different and you know the fans didn't connect, and then they went and turned him into the was the uh, the Lex Express. Oh yeah. And, um, he just said that there was a, there was a time there that he was like the one of the main guys for years at WCW, and then when he returned, um, his impact on the night the the Monday Night Wars, and also being involved with the NWO, the Horsemen, the feuds, and back and forth, like he was a big player, which he was. You know, there's no two ways about it. But not in it myself, so. And I and, and you know what? When's the last time you actually saw Lex Luger? He is a he is a very tiny, frail looking man right now. It's weird. He looks like yeah. I, it looks and like what, an restraint. Yeah, it's bad. I don't know what's wrong with him, but if anything, but he just looks I, I saw him there. There was some. Yeah, let me put this in perspective, right? There was, you know, one of these reality shows was like, it was like a uh, pawn shop, not in Vegas, like the like the more popular one. But there was like a pawn shop that was taking place in Detroit, putting cameras on a pawn shop in Detroit and what sort of people come in and out of that place. Uh, the entertainment factor there is both incredible and sad at the same time, right? So... <laughs> There was some sort of wrestling gear. There was like some sort of wrestling gear that made its appearance at this pawn shop in Detroit. And I think it was Lex Luger was tied to it. Right. And next thing you know, like Lex Luger appears in this guy's pawn shop on the show. And I didn't even recognize him. He, he was in a wheelchair. He was very frail, very skinny. And I was just like, holy cow. I, and like, I, I don't know what exactly happened there, but it was a, a real, it was like, oh, I, it was just almost appalling as far as like what I remembered. Oh, yeah. Total package, man. Him being versus what he was in that moment. It was sad. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, God, I mean, he was a, he was a top guy for a better part of 15 years. Yeah. I mean, he headlined SummerSlam. He was a co-headline of a WrestleMania. He mm-hmm. one. So Luger had a really good run in WWE, even though it wasn't your biggest thing. I wanted to go back to the narcissist, the narcissist thing. I just always thought Bobby Heenan said it wrong. I didn't know it was an actual name. I thought he just said it. I believe. Because Bobby called him the narcissist. The way presents it, it was an actual name. Oh, I have to go back and watch WrestleMania nine. God forbid, but that's not the best WrestleMania to watch, but <laughs> I might go back and check it out. Cause I know he didn't call them a narcissist, but, and I thought I heard someone else call him that, but I thought I heard McMahon call him narcissist, but 
I don't know. I guess narcissus makes more sense because narcissus is just whatever. I never even heard what a narcissist was before that. Then I became one, so it's weird. Yeah, it definitely when that character definitely helped me on my SATs. <laughs> and they gave him a rub right and away. Expanding forget, my vocabulary. Yeah, don't forget, right before WrestleMania nine, they were giving him a big rub. He actually laid out Bret Hart, who was the champion before WrestleMania nine, and that they said, "Oh, that might be part of the reason he might lose to Yokozuna because of the shot that Luger Luger got gave him." So Luger was thrusted right into the main spot, and then they just turned him babyface because. I guess they didn't think they had anybody else. They were going to see how it went. And then he body slammed Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid on July 4th. Aha. On the Intrepid, right? On the int- USS Intrepid. So, yeah, and he took his shirt off, and no one ever slammed Yokozuna before. And I was like, oh, okay, he's going to get the Hogan treatment. I really thought that was the case. But that obviously didn't happen. Um, yeah. like they tried to, but it just didn't work out for him. I, absolutely. But Luger, and, and, and I kind of went through it, but Kali's not as bad as I thought. But Luger definitely should be in there way before the great Kali. I mean, I'm, Luger should have been in there five years ago. So there's, I, there, I, it has to be something tied to Elizabeth. But it can't be hard feelings, though, because they employed Luger for several years, as I believe, as a producer or as a behind-the-scenes guy. So I don't think it's bad blood. You got to wonder why Lex Luger isn't in there because he seems like he'd be an obvious one. Yeah, I'm not sure for Vince McMahon because from what I understand, he just he picks them. You know, people people put names in front of him and then he's like, yeah, no, yeah, no. You know, like, oh, and Hart, no. You know, it's like <laughs> – uh, so, um, oh, and the other thing with Kali, this is the other aspect of it. It's a bit of a business move. Oh, and the reason being is, is uh, they're looking to expand the NXT brand, like NXT UK, into NXT India. And he's supposed to be a coach or whatever. You know, so there you go. Hall of Famer, great Kali. You can go train with him under, you know, at NXT India. There yeah. it is. That's exactly what it is. It's another pandering to the Indian yeah. people. That's all it is. It's the same fucking reason Jinder Mahal was Jinder Mahal Hall was a world champion for six fucking months or seven months, however long it was. They do this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now I will say this: the Great Kali has a lot more accomplishments on his resume than I thought he did because I wasn't watching. So I'm not killing that he got in. But, you know, there's a lot of people that should have got in a great colleague, though. You know what's sort of difficult with him? Um, I went to YouTube and I, I put in great Kali promo just looking because I had to go and do research on my imitation for great Kali. Very hard to find any sort of <laughs> promo that makes any sense with him just not speaking gibberish, basically, or trying to pronounce words. It's difficult. He's difficult to even look at. I mean, uh, he, uh, he's just, again, he was just, to me, he was like giant Gonzalez, but worse. He couldn't even move. There you go. You said the magic words. He, and he's, he's a bow-legged giant Gonzalez. Yeah. His legs are fucked up. I don't like it. 
I don't know. His heyday, his heyday was when I was not watching professional wrestling. It was that Randy Orton, John Cena, when they weren't really yeah, exactly when they weren't good enough to be on top, but they were always on top. And when that really turned us off, you know. Yeah. So you know, there's that. Um, but yeah, there. I don't. I I was shocked at the great Cully. I thought you were kidding actually when you first sent it to me. And, I, I, I wish I were. I wish I were, but I wasn't. <laughs> no, you were not. But Kane certainly deserves it, and he's honestly, honestly, he's arguably a top two or three big man ever. You really can make that argument in terms of big matches, in terms of how long his his length in the his long time in the, Jesus Christ his tenure in the ring. I mean, Kane has really put yeah. everything together, and he parlayed that. It's far cry from fake diesel and you know isaac yankum dds you know what i mean yeah yeah cornette does a good um 10 minutes on kane and um his his appear his first appearance cornette was heavily involved in that and uh Get a guy a fucking mask. You would be laughing at that part, that segment, because he was um he was basically and what he wanted he, what he was hoping Kane to be like was more almost like a Mike Myers type, um, trying to track down his brother versus superhero Kane with the red, you know, all that. And um and the thing is that I guess somewhere Shawn Michaels has been trying to steal like the credit for the idea of Kane ripping the the uh, the the cage wall off. And and Jim Cornette was like basically like, you know, that guy's full of horseshit, basically. And um and uh, that wasn't his. And then he Cornette even goes into the whole thing of he goes, You remember the big old blue cage that they had like during the Bundy days and the uh uh, Hogan versus Bundy, and he's like, I hated that cage. And he's like, they tried to give me that cage in OV. I told him, absolutely not. I want that. He's like, fence. And then basically, what the, that this is what the conversation came out is like, basically the construction of the Hell in a Cell and how he wanted it further off the ring, high enough where guys could do different moves. And, you know, you had that cell, which I think was the first tell and sell match, right? Between Shawn, Ma- Shawn Michaels and uh, Undertaker. And yes. that's where Kane came out. Yes. And basically, they were, they were, they, Shawn Michaels was able to do his move set. And then, hey, even though he's locked in this huge cell, here's this big, big badass coming in and ripping off the, the side door of it, basically, or the big panel off of it, going in there, tombstoning. Um, Undertaker, and from there you go to Montreal. I'm sorry, you're cutting out really bad. Hello? Yeah, let me say this. I'm sorry, I'm cutting out bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You there? I hear you now. There we go. It might be better now. Still there? You hear me? 
Internet really. Shit. Okay. So oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Hello? There you yeah, go. Yeah, Yay. We're back. Okay. Cool. One point. Yeah, one point. Uh, Cornette says, and you know, you can edit this out because we don't really want to make this into the Cornette show. Oh, I don't uh, mind. But basically, yeah, yeah, Cornette says, about at that point in time, he's like, Shawn Michaels was so high and so much, he was taking credit for everything or something like along that line. <laughs> I mean, he's probably right. I mean, there it's, I'll tell you what, though, I will say this there is a lot of chicanery with shit that Cornette takes credit for. I will say that he takes credit for the idea of the screw job. Meanwhile, Vince Russo takes credit for it. And meanwhile, I heard three different other accounts saying that it was Hunter that came up with it on a, on a, on a phone call. Wow. So what I sounds like may probably had happened. Cornette mentioned it. Russo either wasn't there or he heard it and they're just trying to take some credit for it as well. And Vince then put it on the table with the powers with other people with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, well, what should we do? And then Triple H says, well, if he doesn't want to do business, then we're going to make him do business. And so it was Triple H is what yeah. I heard. But Cornette and Russo both take credit for it. They said they were both sitting at Vince's house in Connecticut, but Russo came up with it, not Cornette, and Cornette says the opposite. So yeah, yeah. I would believe Cornette over Russo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I forget Cornette's uh, nickname for Vince Russo. Shit, it is it, like fuckface or something like that. And yeah, he's just he, he and yeah, he referred he just hates Vince Russo, hates him. Oh, it's it is mutual as well. Vince Russo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you just have the two most bitter scumbags that wrestling ever produced, and just going after each other left and right. It's it's amazing how they use each other. I'm I'm on Team Cornette there. If there was going to be a match in hell between those two fuckers, I would definitely be rocking a Cornette shirt because I enjoyed his work more than Russo's. Yeah, and Russo yeah, seems yeah, like a real cool. jerk off too. He does. He's like really really cocky. Um, evidently, I guess Miro t- took down those tweets going towards Cornette. You can't threaten threaten somebody on open social media these days. Yeah, and then Cornette took it. If you remember, he's like Miro wrote something like, "I'm gonna come on you with the wrath." Yeah, wrath of God or something. It was so stupid. The God, and Cornette took it in a sexual way and just started making fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Cornette pisses off a lot of people that I don't like, so I do like that aspect of it. Yeah, because he does not. Yeah, give it's a funny, shit. man. Fuck no. guy. <laughs> Bluto, he calls him. Bluto. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like some sort of goddamn Popeye villain. <laughs> some sort of Popeye villain can't get his over. Never could get over. Doesn't know how to get over. You big fucking goof. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's entertaining. So, I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. So that will do it for our WWE SmackDown portion of our report. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Please check us out next week where we talk AEW, we talk Raw, we talk SmackDown. 
Thank you for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the Smart Wrestling Fan. This is Silicon Steve Valley, and we'll talk to you later. There's that too. Maybe Logan Paul could be in, involved in that match. You know, do you know what he's more um, known for besides YouTube right now? Isn't he a fighter of some sort? He kicked the shit out of Nate Robinson. And then he got involved with another boxing match with against an actual boxer and then kicked the shit out of that guy. Oh, this guy can actually so, throw down. 
I guess, to a certain extent. And he actually was trying to call out Conor McGregor to the point that he was, he was like calling Conor McGregor's either fiance or wife, like just ugly. And he's like trying to goad him in like to a match of some sort. 